Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Sean Finnegan. Now, I met you, actually, I haven't met you in person yet, but we have mutual friends with uh, Kelly and Eric Allen and a bunch of people like that. So this is kind of like, we're first getting to know each other here. Wanted to bring you on the show because you've done a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, I think you've been on Shark Tank. You run multiple businesses. You're super successful. So for people that don't know you or maybe your background, tell us just a little bit about your background and how you even got into business and life like that. Yeah, so great to see you, Joe. And we do have some great friends that are mutual friends that uh, I love and respect as you do as well. And, you know, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I love business. I love being around people. My specialty is building networks with people. I feel like the best way to scale a business is to build a network of people. Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, business owners, especially just starting out, it's such a great platform is to go meet other people. So that that's really my passion. And what I love to do is to meet people like yourself and other awesome. business owners. Yeah. How did you, so I, I, I know you say like you, you love to meet people and all. how do you find the right groups to meet? Because there's so many different groups out there and you don't want to get in the wrong group where it's just what I call the pitch fest. And they're just talking about how great they are and all. How, how do you find the right groups? Yeah. So I always tell people that are like, cause so many business owners, they know that there's potential joint ventures there's, there's potential collaborations they can do with other businesses and they just don't know where to start. I always tell business owners, the best place to start is start with your own network. It's amazing. Like how many, look, you and I've been messaging back and forth on this thing right here. Mm-hmm. It's like how many contacts that we do, but we just do a bad job of nourishing those relationships and reaching out and connecting with people. So the very first step is if you want to join any group, reach out to your network of business owners that you're familiar with and you're friends with and ask them, say, this is what I'm looking for in a group. What do you recommend? And you're going to be amazed what you find. Yeah. And I found that has happened with me. So like I'm, I'm in Kelly's group, like that we're in together. I'm in another friend of mine named George Bryan's group and they're all very heart centered, very much wanting to help people. I feel comfortable with them, but it was that whole learning to just start to talk to people and, and get to know them. And I think a lot of times people put certain people up on a pedestal. Well, they're this business owner, they've done this or they've done that. And I think, how how did you or have you had a problem with connecting with people in the beginning? Because I now I know you have great connections, but in the beginning, how did you start to build that network and not feel insecure, for lack of better words? Yeah, I think uh, you know even getting to the basic because I've gotten this question a lot. I just spoke to a, a hundred salespeople that try to recruit others to help sell with them. And they ask very basic questions. How do I have a conversation with someone to see if there's a fit? And I, I think it's really simple. It's a Stephen R. Covey principle. It's a first seek to understand. So if you just go into it, like you said, you don't want to be transactional. You don't want to say, hey, I'm here to present to you and, and uh, sell something to you. Just see what you can do to serve other people first. And don't be transactional. Go into it and say, all right, how can I help you? Tell me more about your business. Tell me what's going on in your life. Let me and find out about what they're going through. See their vision, 
and then see where you align. I think that's the best best way to approach it. Yeah, no, I love that because I think human connection is the biggest thing that seems to be lacking in this online space now because everything's so transactional. It's hard, but I think especially when you're starting out, you can go super deep with people because you're not going to win on width. You're not going to be able to have the same budgets that maybe a business that's farther along with you or maybe something that has farther reach. But if you connect with people, I think that I love that. That's huge. Yeah, you know, one of my early, so I built a career on working with influencers, big influencers. And years ago, um, my job, we had a company at the time, and our our idea was, hey, let's go have Terry Bradshaw speak on stages. At the time, he was making a transition to movies, so we felt like he'd be a great draw. Mm-hmm. So early on, I was like, I have to go and convince Terry Bradshaw to get on these stages with us to help sell our product. And there's been just like they had a at the time I you know growing up I've had just a handful of these heroes in my life and Terry Bradshaw happened to be one of them because you know as a kid I had my Pittsburgh pajamas on I would watch Terry Bradshaw I mean the guy's mm-hmm. a living legend so I was like he was like one of the stars growing up and now my job was to go to Pittsburgh and pitch him on getting on stages and his agent said okay you have thirty minutes. So I remember flying out to Pittsburgh. It was this massive hotel. I go into the hotel. There's tons of people, for whatever reason, this massive lobby. I go to the back, and there's a boardroom. I open the door, and there he's standing, larger than life, Terry Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. I had 30 minutes. So I thought, how do I find out what this guy wants to accomplish? So instead of me presenting to him and saying, hey, I got this for you, this for you, this for you, I said, Terry Tell me what you're trying to accomplish. What is your vision for your brand? What do you want to do? We ended up having a two and a half hour conversation. Mm-hmm. On our way out, he agreed to do the deal. We got him on 10 stages. But on our way out, we start going out in the lobby area, him and I. There's hundreds of people in this lobby. What do you think all these Steeler fans look over and they see Terry Bradshaw? So they start pushing in. Yeah. Yeah. And it was two things. One is like the value of education, the two influence. And if you can partner and you can reach outside your lane, do a deal with guys, you know, other brands, it's going to elevate your, your company. Yeah. Well, and I love again what you said there. You asked him about him. What was about him? Not, oh, you're the greatest ever. I love you. And in, in your mind, he's the greatest ever. Like he was phenomenal. That many Super Bowls. He was a legend. I'm a Lions fan, so you know I'm loyal. But Terry Bradshaw's great. And you just treated him like a human. And I this is my thought process, at least with people that other people look at is People are humans. They don't want to, for lack of better terms, get their butt kissed all the time or be told how great they are or can you do this for me? They want that connection. I think that was a huge key. I don't want people to miss was that you just said, hey, how can I help you? And it turned into instead of 30 minutes, two and a half hours. And that Mm -hmm. connection built into getting him on 10 stages and doing what you wanted. I think especially these top brands, if you're around some high end brands, they are constantly getting pitched constantly hey i got this for you especially you mentioned shark tank i got this for you got this for you this for you well very few times does someone go up to them and say tell me what you want to accomplish Mm -hmm. if you can actually listen to what they want to do now they feel like hey this person knows my vision and what i'm trying to do so i definitely want and as you're listening to them you're figuring out how you can fit into their ecosystem and where the best fit would be right so I think that's such an important piece is uh, first seek to understand. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And that's what I teach in the sales process. That's what I've seen the most successful actual sales instead of pitching is listening to what they do. So after you understand the the person you're trying to connect with, what would be like the next steps? Because you're a master networker. So I want to pick your brain here. Like you, you, you talk to them, you understand what they're doing or what they want to do. How do you cultivate that relationship without it being mm-hmm. like transactional? So I, you know, I, I'm in a lot of networking groups and I network with a lot of people and I, and I, as you heard, I believe that, you know, relationships take time. You shouldn't be transactional, but my, my piece is if there is a potential joint venture then don't shy away from it, if you really want to build a relationship with someone, do a joint venture because you're going to be talking to that person on a regular basis. You're going to be cutting checks to that person. They're going to be cutting checks back. If you Mm -hmm. want a relationship that goes many levels deep and a lifelong friendship, do some business together. It's a piece that people don't talk about because they're so afraid of of selling. But don't shy away. Now, a lot of times there's not a fit. And you're not going to try to make it a fit. Mm -hmm. If there is a potential joint venture, take it. Take that opportunity. Right? So it's all about action. I just see people... They'll make that and then they won't nourish it. They won't do a follow-up lunch. They won't take it to the next level. To me, it's always about taking it from that spot to let's get in another face-to-face. Yeah, no, that makes sense because I think a lot of times, like you said, they'll have the one shot or they'll do the one thing, but they're not either A, confident enough in themselves to move it forward or B, they're too afraid to ask. But if you have their attention and it makes sense to become friends and you have an opportunity, you should take it because why not? Amen. The, the other piece I run into all the time is referrals. Um, you get texts, your network, you've done 117 episodes. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I, I you. follow you on what you do and you put out so much great content. You lead with value and what you offer, which is so great. But I get these texts and you get texts from people introducing their friend. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the best compliment someone can give you. It's like, I have a friendship that I've created with someone that it maybe runs years deep. And I'm willing to say, hey, Joe, I want you to meet my friend so-and-so. Yeah. And I look at that as, and Kelly is a good example of that. Kelly's on a short list for me of people I refer to because what does he do? He jumps on immediately. He edifies me. Thank you, Sean. And then he makes a follow-up appointment with that person and and takes it to the next step. And so I always... He's on my short list of referrals. And I think it's so important. And people just, well, I'll, I'll text later. Or they don't respond. Or it's like, they don't, it's like, oh, nice to meet you. But then they don't say, hey, let's go to lunch. I'd love to jump on a call. I'd love to do a Zoom call. That yeah. is so critical. Who doesn't want great referrals from their friends? Yeah. Well, and that's the simplest sale. Because if you told someone about me and said, hey, Joe's doing all this stuff, You've taken away half of the battle right there. It makes it a lot easier compared to having to go in cold and develop the relationship and doing that whole thing. And what I try to do, I actually do this every week, is I try to find people that I can give it to because I know it comes back to me. So like I was talking to a realtor the other day and I have a friend here who's like the number three realtor in Texas. And I'm like, I can't really help this girl, but she can. So I just did a little group thing and I knew she was like Kelly. She jumped on. And I think if we did that more as entrepreneurs and business owners – it's going to grow and expand more. And it's not the, do you think it's because people fear lack or the word there's not enough pie for them or, or what, is, what keeps people back from making that connection? Cause I'm a natural networker too. 
Yeah, I just think it's the nourishing piece. I think they're good at making the initial and very bad at the follow through. Yeah. But generally, it's that start that stops people, right? It's like, if if I were to be introduced to you, I would have a, definitely a follow-up appointment to see if there's an alignment possibility. It just makes absolute sense. But we're really good at making that contact and moving on. Like, we each have hundreds of people in here. We're probably not great at keeping it in, in tabs on, right? No, actually, I actually started a system finally where I like, I'll go to the bottom of my text or my messages and I'm like, yeah. I haven't talked to them in a while and I'll just reach out because I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm missing something here and I want to develop the relationship. And I think like you said, if you do lead with the relationship first, the rest of it will fall into place. And once you have that part set, then it's just building it and find out where you fit. Yeah, it's really rewarding. If you, I love it when I refer someone over to someone and they end up doing something together. Or I see them on a podcast together. That That is like a very rewarding uh, piece of the networking is when you're referring people or they end up doing millions. Of, it's been great. Do millions of dollars together, whatever it is. That that There's nothing better as a networker to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's fun seeing the light bulb moments or seeing the connections or being like, hey, cool, I was able to do that. And, and with you being a serial entrepreneur, are there certain businesses that you like to invest in that you look for? Or is it more? Because I know some people are really niche and some people like, you know, they're angels, investors, they do a bunch more. What, what, what patterns do you look for when you're looking at the business? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a good question. I, I've gotten to know some of the sharks and I asked them, you know, I even had a conversation with Kevin one night and I said, hey, Kevin, you always say it's about the numbers. Numbers this, numbers that, right? Is it really the most important aspect of being an entrepreneur is the numbers or is it something else? And he said, yes, the numbers are important, but that's not number one. What we're looking for as sharks is we're looking for the grit. Mm -hmm. Do they have fire in their belly? Because you and I both know that running a business is very, very difficult. Yeah. So we're looking to see, I mean, it, resilience is a very big thing when it comes to being an entrepreneur. There's not, it's not easy. It's not for everyone. It's very, anyone who tells you it's overnight success, run. Yes, 100%. It's, it's <laughs> brutal. We've all had the punch in the gut failures. And some reason you wake up, you put the cleats on, you go back to work. That's, that's, that's why I, I like, I like partnering, working with entrepreneurs that have real grit and can you know that are persistent yeah no that makes sense i think it's i don't want to say you're born an entrepreneur but you grow into it and it becomes something that you become because like with me i was in sales for years and i was great and coming home and just chilling on the couch and blowing my sales numbers and i'm like well i want to do more and then i got this idea i wanted to help dads because i got to take my wife and kids to disney's and i went to hawaii did all this stuff and i think it's just what is their why behind they're doing it? You know, are they just trying to build something or do they have a passionate belief in what they're doing? That's why I fell in love with Kelly. That's why I fell in love with other people because I can sense their passion, their care. They really want to help people grow and develop compared to their transactional. Cool. Maybe I can make some money with them, but I know what that is. Yep. Amen to that. I think you have the right vision for it for sure. So let me dig in your brain a little bit here because again, you're super successful Bunches of businesses, like you you talk with Kevin O'Leary, like people that people are like, holy crap, whatever. What type of routines do you have? Are you like really big into like having a daily routine, like a morning routine, or are you more like fully following like what Hormozzi would say he is? What what's your style? So I uh and I get this and, and I've learned a lot from entrepreneurs because I think the deal I, I'm not even the exact 
time person. So some entrepreneurs like I'm up at five, I'm this, I'm that, you know, so I, I'm, I don't have it down to the exact thing, but I have very important principles in my life. One, one of course is uh, family and God. Right. And then, it, and then of course, so taking time for that every day is so important. And then, and then the third is, is reading. And I highly recommend you take time to read, like become a student of leadership. You and I have both gotten so much from great books. Mm-hmm. I have a 17 year old daughter and we read like right now we're reading the book, the secret. I mean, how good is the secret? You have a good book, right? It's something you can read every year. But now my daughter, when I took her to school today, she's like, I was like, so tell me about your, your day. You're going into it. You're going to school. Tell me about what kind of mindset you're going to have. And now I can use the book um, to teach her, right? And then I also believe 100% in the physical side. There's all these mental aspects that you pick up because of the physical side. So taking time in each one of those every single day and never missing a day. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, I... I fluctuate. There are times when I like right now I'm on a more of a strict schedule because I'm trying to just get some stuff done. So I'm getting up early and I'm getting my I go to a kickboxing gym, which I like to go to. Awesome. And then I do my other stuff. But then there's other times where I'm like free flowing. I'm like, OK, I, I need to read today. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's just being consistent and building what works for you in the season that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, for me, it's just like I got to check. Those are four boxes I got to check every day. You gotta say your prayers. You gotta spend time with family. You've got to read it because I've gotten the most benefit out of those areas of my personal life. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I'm with you. I I know when I read, when I have time with family, when mm-hmm. I have time to pray and do those different things I need to do there. And then the only other thing that I add to is I go for walks or I have to get in nature. For me, just getting out there, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, it's something about I don't know if it's in sunlight or just being away, and not having any distractions because I can be distracted pretty easily. Um, no, I love that. I do. There's a, there's a book I just finished called The Comfort Crisis. And this guy literally feels like he's getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. So he decides to go up to literally the Great White North and go with a guide on an expedition in the Arctic. It's, a, it's an insane book. But he has a whole chapter on the mental benefits from spending time outdoors. So he talks about what you just said. There's real science behind the noises the sun, the oxygen, how you feel. It's hard to put a finger on exactly why, but you always feel better mentally by taking time for yourself. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I think that's key because as entrepreneurs, and I, I wanted to ask you this question, what do you do to refuel? Because we're driven people. We want to always go and do stuff. And there's this big grind culture and you can't always grind. So how do you yeah. refresh and refuel yourself? Yeah, to me, I feel like you still you can't give up your hobbies. Maybe maybe you narrow your hobbies. I used to love to golf. Mm-hmm. I used to love to work out. I used to love biking. And ultimately, I chose biking because of time constraints. But I just barely went. Um, I was just meeting with Devin. He's an entrepreneur. He runs a company called Connected. Um, he It was his birthday on Saturday. We went to Southern Utah for the day for his birthday and we rode bikes hard. We did 30 miles in the mountains and it was such a good recharge. And uh, for me, I think you, you can't give those up. I've seen, like you said, the grind. Everyone talks about the grind, but man, you need some resets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree because I find if I go too hard, even though that's my natural tendency, you eventually burn out. You fall down. Yep. You're like, and then it's not fun anymore. And then you're not serving your clients or your customers because you're not in the right state. No, I love that. 
Yeah, what? so you have to put in some boundaries. You have to put in some times where you do have to take a time out yeah. and go, yeah. right? 100%. What other things have we missed? Because we talked about networking. We talked about follow-up, which is key. We've talked about having a, the right mindset, recharging, having a daily routine so that we're successful. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you've been in this game for a long time. What mm -hmm. other key things can people maybe just starting out or leveling up and getting their business going have we not touched on? So, so I tell, especially business owners starting out, um, you know, if they're kind of solopreneurs, if they have a small team, the most important thing, if you do have a team is to spend one-on-one -on -one time with their people, have, have a, create a system. Even if you have two people or three people, create a system. People operate better in a system. And sometimes they get caught up, like you said, in the grind so much that they don't think about that kind of stuff. But Every person on their team should have one-on-one -on -one time. And even if it's a solopreneur, they should take time for themselves to reevaluate themselves every month and create a certain schedule and system. Um, I've read some crazy stats lately that over 70% of managers are, are poor managers in the U.S. That's millions of managers that are ill-equipped to do the job. Not like they're great people, but they're not great people, but they just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And the number one reason why people quit is their manager. So create a great system and environment for their people. Spend one-on-one -on -one time with the members of your team. And you can you can help build your people. The, the greatest way to scale your business is to scale your people. People yeah, forget I, about it. No, right? that, that's amazing. And I never have heard anyone say, if you're a solopreneur, take time and evaluate yourself and do it that way. Like I've heard people say, you know, recharge and refuel, but I've never thought about, yeah, you should check in on yourself. That's kind of a interesting, interesting, interesting take there. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I tell these entrepreneurs, like make a list of what you feel like is your greatest strengths and what are your biggest opportunities, your weaknesses and work as an entrepreneur to better yourself and work on your skills and then the money and everything else falls into line right yeah, yeah. work on yourself first making sure that you're evaluating and improving your skills and getting better and better networking everything else yeah no i love that I, it all comes back down to this whole thread throughout this whole conversation is relationship leveling up assessing yourself and helping who you can and if you keep those things set you win. And then it's just scaling from there. At least I know I made it basic. There's a lot more into the building of a business and stuff. But like when you're first starting off, you can get those things level. It sounds like that's like the, the right stepping stones. Yeah. Amen. Create, create a great system, especially for your, the people that watch you that are managers or running people. Make sure you're spending the time with the people. Managers get bogged down. I read an article that over 50% of the time managers spend is on administrative kind of functions and not their people. And then they end up having over, you know, turn over everything else. So spend time with your people, scale your people. They will never leave, leave your business, mm -hmm. scale them, help them with their skills, help them make more money. And they'll be with you for 10, 15 years, as opposed to this churn and burn, which yeah. most companies experience. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I'm looking back in my career in the corporate world. I remember the managers that I loved and were very connected with me and the managers like, okay, cool. I'm just going to manage my manager because I'm in the sales world. I know I need to do this so that they leave me alone. And, mm -hmm. and it's right. The ones that connected with me and took time for me and just even one-on-ones, even when I didn't need it because I was like, the, well, in my mind, I didn't need because I was like the top and I was doing all this. They still like, no, no, you still need encouragement. You still need this. And I was like, you, when you mentioned that, I was like, that makes sense. 
because mm-hmm. we always get caught up. And managers really are supposed to be leaders, but I think a lot of times in the corporate world, they get stuck in, like you said, that administrative function. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah, take the time. The best asset you have is your people. And obviously, your number one asset is your customers. So take care of your people so they take care of your uh, customers, right? And you can scale. You could literally, I've read this, I've read this stat recently that if you went to your sales team or any of your team members and you said, hey, are you willing to do more? One, would people do it? And then two, how much more would they do? And the article said, yes, they would, and up to 30% more. So if you just literally as a manager asked certain times for more, you can get more production and more performance out of people. Yeah. Well, I think if people just need to know you believe in them. And I think yeah. a lot of times people don't think their perception is that they don't, even if the manager does, if you don't visualize or voice what you're, you believe from someone, they're guessing in their head. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. hundred percent. I, years ago, I worked at AOL. It's like back in the dot-com era. And um, we had a five-star general come in. He, from military, he became one of our executive vice presidents. First thing he did was, Asked the managers how he they felt that the members of the team were doing. Mm-hmm. And he asked the team members how they felt they were doing. And they were completely wildly different. The managers thought this person was performing really well or poorly, but they thought they were performing great. Mm-hmm. And vice versa is because we just don't communicate with people. They don't know where they are. Yeah. Well, and I think people get so caught up in that. They, they, we get a perception of this is what they think of us. And nine times out of 10, we're probably not right because maybe they like us more. Maybe they don't like us more. And I think it's just learning. Maybe I guess as if you're working for someone, ask them. That would be my next thought. If they're not giving you feedback, ask them. If, and yeah. then with your employees and with people that you interact with, clients, whatever, make sure that you're laying out that for firm foundation of what you believe they are and maybe where they can be helped and where they are doing good. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. I think too, is it's just important that you have a set time with someone good and back to the one-on-ones is if you know my one-on-one with my manager or even vendors, you can have one-on-one set every month with a vendor if you want. But I know on the 21st, I got a full hour of undivided attention from my manager where I'm going to talk about my strengths and what I'm working on. That is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't take that time. Yeah, right. Most less than five percent of people I've talked to will actually take that time to spend time eyeball to eyeball and then put this thing away. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a lot there because, like, I just thought about family as well. Do I take time to do that with my kids? Do I take time to do it with my wife? Do I take time to do it with close friends? Because yeah. again, it's that human connection. Like, it's just like popping through this whole episode and, and I love it. And it's like, crap, I need to fix that. I did good on that one. And it's just that self-evaluation of taking time so people feel seen and heard. And again, it just goes back to business and the sales process as well. If people feel seen and heard and they trust you, they'll buy your product because you're solving them a problem. Yeah, amen. And we're a digital technology text chat and CRM world. But I think a lot of times business owners forget the people side. Yeah, of the business. And that is like you put the tech away and you sit down and talk to people, right? Yeah. Well, that's why I like events because when I go to an event, I'm not on my phone. I'm engaged. I'm 100% present in what I'm doing. And I think that we need more of those, more places you, to do that. When you go to an event, you put your phone away. What is your primary objective when you go? Um, 
Well, the first time I went was I was just excited. I've been to three of them now. Now mm -hmm. it's really to connect with people yeah. and to learn learn from the speakers, but really networking for me and finding people that I can maybe talk to, help out and interact with and build my network. That's my number one focus. Number two focus is, of course, to go and learn what type of event is this. Is it a customer journey event? Is it a sales event? Am I going to a mentorship? What am I doing? What's the purpose of it? Yeah. Um, but those would be the first two things. But I love meeting new people. Like, I yeah. love it. I think it's an important aspect because I've seen two things happen with live events. One is it could be an engineer that's really not comfortable just going into an open room. There's a lot of people in that mindset, like, don't put me in an open room with a ton of people. Uh, it's just like so stressful. Mm -hmm. You and I, we have the same perspective. You put me in any open room, I'm going to go talk to people. I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to have a strategy. I'm going to be in present. I'm going to go. I'm not going to be on my phone texting. I'm going to go talk to people, right? But for those people who are uncomfortable, I would just invite them to become very comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because mm -hmm. in those environments, if I went up to you and say, hey, Joe, good to meet you. My name is Sean. Tell me more about your business. I never, ever, ever get shot down. No. It's such a great place to meet people. The people don't like that. It's that awkwardness. It's the, the ickiness of having to go talk to someone they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the only other thing is it's that it has to have the right environment. So I'm sure at Kelly's events, it's that way. I know when I've gone to my buddy George's event, it's a non-pitch zone, meaning that I'm coming yeah. to find out about you. I'm not coming to sell you my latest great thing at that moment. And yeah. um, the other thing I try to do, and I bet you, you do this, I'll look around the room. So the first day I'm talking to people, i like, hey, I want to talk to them. And then I watch the room. And it's just kind of how I am. And I'm like, this person's been sitting by themselves a lot. I'm going to go over and talk to them. So I just want to encourage anyone like Sean and I that will go out and just say, hey, give them a branch. Let them get talking. Because once they start talking to you, then you can bring them over into a group and help them get maybe past that uncomfortable zone too. Amen. I think that's a great, you know, you, I think you're hitting on what you do is you have a strategy going in, yeah. you know, and it's like, you really challenge yourself. So I think you take Joe's mindset and it's like, Hey, these are the three things I'm going to do. I'm going to look for someone who's not talking to someone. I'm going to approach that person. I'm going to do this. Maybe it's like, I'm going to go talk to 10 people I've never met here, but really challenge yourself because I've seen very great practices and I've seen very bad practices. Bad practices are sit in the corner. You think you want to talk to me while I'm seeing like I'm busy on my phone? It, it's like there's no follow through from it. Yeah. If you find people in the rooms like, hey, Joe, I'd love to jump on a Zoom with you. Just learn more about how you uh, do networking with people. You're not going to, you're going to be great. Let's do it. And then I get your information and I follow through. And that's the best practices. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the key follow through. Make sure you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Where can people find you at? Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm not a, a big so social media is like uh, something that I uh, it's kind of necessary evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm on Facebook, and so I'm friends with friends with you on Facebook. Everything else, I'd love to. I have um, Finnegan360.com. If you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. I'm always interested in meeting new people, talking to new friends. So appreciate it. Awesome. Any other words of wisdom you want to leave with our listeners before I let you go? Yeah, I just say, you know, especially talking about the newer entrepreneur, it is the start that stops you. So get over that time, set a time for when you're going to begin what you're doing, set a plan, 
and go execute the plan, right? And uh, just get over there. So many people I talk to just like you do that are like right on the bubble. Just get over and go do it. Go take action and go make it happen. Yeah, I love that. Sean, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. And for all you listening, like he said, take action, be human, reach out to people, and share this episode with people that you know will need it. And until next time, have an awesome, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.